Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Doctors of Running Virtual Roundtable, where we three doctors physical therapy discuss the art and the science of the stuff that we are putting on our feet. Um, we're doing another shoe review today. Today, we are talking about the Hoka One One Carbon X2. Um, this is a beautiful looking shoe, and uh, we are excited to talk about it. We all have slightly different opinions on this shoe, which should make it kind of a fun discussion just to see where we land on our opinion on this shoe and why. Um, I think it's safe to say that, uh, spoiler alert, we all like it, but for different things. So, um, and there's a lot of science behind, uh, and, and it's kind of some unique technology and how it's integrated. So it should be a really fun episode to talk about um, this shoe. This shoe is not sponsored by Mott's uh, Fruit Snacks, which DJ is putting down right now. Uh, what's your favorite flavor of those? Oof, man. Um... Let me take a look. I'm probably going to go with either the strawberry or grape one. That's me too. I'm yeah, the same those way. Are, those are pretty solid any time of the day. That's good. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, and maybe, then, some, maybe someday we'll be big enough where we actually have people who sponsor this stuff. That'd be weird. Oh, that'd, that'd be cool. That'd be, that'd be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to say something before we get going. Uh, more of a disclaimer than anything. So for the fan base out there, um, for the 2021 season, I will be competing for the Hoka Aggies. Um, they did not provide me with this shoe. This was provided through Doctors of Running. Um, there's absolutely zero pressure for me to say whether or not I like it or not. So everything that I say is completely honest, and we'll just go from there. That's so. good. Thanks for sharing that. And we did get this shoe uh, provided to us through Hoka through their third-party marketing. So thank you for sending this. Um, it doesn't change the basis of our reviews, um, and we're excited to talk about it. So let's dive in. Uh, on a scale of zero to ten, how good do you think this shoe looks? I mean, it's pretty clean for being a thirty-nine millimeter stack shoe. <laughs> it's pretty aesthetically pleasing overall. I think. They did do a good job with that. That's not <clears throat> easy to do with a max stack shoe. Zero so. to 10? Zero to 10? Whew. 10 being the best, zero being like dumpster, like throw in the dumpster and light it on fire. Or is it, or you mean like zero is Jamie throws the shoe off the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I miss. Jamie, I'm, if you're listening, please, please bring that back. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go with a 9.5 because it looks really nice, but it's not something that I'm like, like just immediately drawn to where I'm like, that's it. That's, that's the one, you know? So I think they did a great job, but I, I, I don't think I can give this one a 10. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. It's good. I think this is one of the better colorways. I feel like I'm the junior runner right now, but 
It's good. It's good. It's not bad. It's it's up there, but yeah, my expertise is. So I'm giving I'm giving this like a I'm going to give it a nine point seven five. This is my badger colors. You got this red and white going on here. It's amazing. that's what it is. Uh, but the is. I mean, but actually, that's why I think he asked just, the question. All right, now this we is this is a shoe that I want to wear to like to the start line. I think it just looks slick and this smooth. Looks clean. It just looks so clean. And uh, the, the upper details are really nice too. Like some of the stitching that they have, um, they just have some pattern design on there for where it's more breathable. And I just think it looks sick. But I wouldn't wear this like walking around. Like that's where it gets some points yeah. off for me. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't the Reebok grow where I'm going to wear this to work. Yeah, yeah. But see, I feel that way about this guy. I feel like this one just looks really clean walking the, up the to Rocket the X. line on. The rocket also, that, like slash diagonal design just I it agree. Just, it's so That's sleek. Look, it looks fast. The Rocket X has the way it's designed. It's the new the red colorway, that's one of my favorites. I yes, oh, want to so it. want that so bad. I know. Almost the Rocket I buy. We're talking it. about right now we're talking about the Rocket X red yeah. colorway. Yeah. Which we don't have. We got the blue one. But the red one is good. Uh, but the oh, red man, it looks sleek. Let's talk about things that uh, also matter. I mean, color matters. People <laughs> will or won't buy things. What do you guys think about the fit of this shoe, how it fit from back to front? And Matt, I think you, you're the one who ran the most in the Carbon X. So yeah. for those who are thinking about, who have had that experience, maybe you can be our insight there. Yeah, I'll, I'll start off with references to the original Carbon X. So the original Carbon X, I really liked the upper. It was similar, where it was like really nice and breathable. The way it was designed um, was very, very similar. The feel is different though. The original Carbon X was a little on the snug side, but it opened up really nicely over time. I did wear that shoe sockless a lot. The whole inside was designed for that. At least I felt like it was. This one, it's a, a more aggressive shoe overall, and you can feel that in fit. Um, to me, when I first put it on, it's definitely more snug throughout, especially in the forefoot. And it almost felt like it felt a little bit short, but I think that was just from the snugness. And that usually, that feeling goes away a mile into a run. But I do notice it every time I put the shoe on, where it's like, oh, this is snug. And then it seems to open up. But that's that's just me. I don't know if everybody else had the same thing. Um, pretty secure. I did not have to lace lock it, even if I got a little bit of heel slippage back here. But definitely a little more snug than the original. And we lost yeah. it. I would say it's pretty dialed in overall. I mean, it's true to size for me. Um, it's definitely a performance fit. Um, maybe a tad narrow in the heel, but it locks it down great. And I had absolutely zero irritation. Midfoot felt great. The toe box is a little narrow, especially for a shoe designed to go over a marathon. I think if you're sw having some foot swelling or it's got enough for toe splay, but I think it's more swelling down the line, especially if you have a wider foot, that might be a little bit of a problem. Um, but overall, I think it's very dialed in. The upper is it's breathable, but it's reinforced well. And I think you can run a lot of miles and not worry about having to blow through this thing. And you could take turns and do everything with it. Um, this would probably go more into the ride, but it almost feels like you can kind of see in the midsole there, that it almost feels like a little bucket that kind of holds and encapsulates that heel. And I can really feel it on the medial aspect when I'm running. Uh, hmm? Not they've, so much got where it's like, a problem it just i can i notice it and it, it makes if anything it makes it feel more stable to me but we'll, we'll get into that later but um anybody notice that the heel counter like i'm having trouble 
figuring out exactly where it stops. Because I, I know in the most rear portion, it is it's fairly stiff and I can feel it. But as you move on to the lateral, the medial lateral side, it starts to get more flexible. And I can't tell if there's a counter there or if it's just a if if it's just a flexible one. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Yeah. So I think it's funny, David. You said this is all related to that question, but you said that it kind of fit a little narrow in the heel. I thought it was a little wide in the heel for me. I had to, uh, I had to lace lock and I had to use the extra eyelet to prevent slippage for me. Um, but I, in terms of the counter, it's almost like the counter itself ends pretty far back, but they keep a thicker uh, amount of rigidity up yeah. to the lacing system. So they kind of like almost like have a strap that goes up into the laces is what it feels like yeah. on the top part of, of the kind of the, the cuff of the heel. Yeah. And then it's really uh, reinforced back here in the, upper. it is pretty thick and it's reinforced comfortable. Heavily. Yeah, it is comfortable back there. Um, I, it's funny, Matt, you said it felt short. I felt it was a little, not, not long, but like definitely not short for me. Um, but still, I agree with you guys, you know, if you're looking at kind of where the, the ball of the foot is, that was the tightest point. But then for my toes themselves, it, they felt like they had enough room. Um, but it's definitely a dialed in kind of workout uh, type feel, maybe race feel, um, but locked in. Um, anything else you guys want to add? Oh, I, I do want to talk about the tongue. Um, so I tested the Elevon 2 which had a very similar tongue to this. Um, it's got a little cut where kind of your tibialis anterior tendon goes, um, but it's a very thin, almost kind of rigidy feeling upper or, or tongue, sorry. And um, thankfully it disappeared on the run, but it just wasn't super comfortable for me. I didn't like the one in the Elevon and it didn't disappear in that one. It kind of just was like there on the front of my ankle. Uh, but this one disappeared well, which I thought was good. It has a soft enough kind of suede material on the inside that that made disappear. I was hoping they were going to put the same tongue that they had in the rocket X in this one, but it's a different tongue. Um, so very thin kind of paper upper or paper tongue. I keep saying upper. It is reflective though, which is sweet. The tongue is reflective. Oh, did you guys notice that? No, I did not notice that. Yeah. That top part. It's kind of fun. Kind of fun. But let's go into uh, ride right away. Let's talk about kind of what paces did you guys like this at? Um, and what did it feel like? Um, don't go too much into the science part because I think this one deserves a little bit. You know, we can talk about the kind of the dovetail type yeah. heel and we can yeah. talk about the plate design and yeah. plate positioning, all that stuff. So just yeah. stick to how it, how it felt for you. Okay. David, you want to go first? Sure. So... I've taken this through pretty much every pace imaginable now at this point. Um, for me, the shoe really, really shines at controlled up-tempo efforts or long controlled efforts. And that doesn't necessarily mean up-tempo. For me, I can run daily paces in it. Um, I had a hard time uh, really moving fast in this shoe. And it's not designed. I mean, it's designed for marathon and beyond. I mean, it's not really not even marathon. It's designed for a hundred K world record. And so it's 60, but 62 miles roughly. Like this is meant to go way beyond 26. So I, I don't get too mad at them for having, for me having a hard time, like pushing the shoe. But um, overall for me right now, long run shoe, great. 
um, long tempo, 10 plus mile. Great. Um, just a controlled effort for me, roughly that would be like anything 545 mile pace and above this thing is like smooth, smooth, like butter. And it's just like, I really struggled taking it under 530 or like really even under 535 consistently. Um, I could do it, but it, it felt very forced. The shoe definitely um, depended a lot on rhythm and the bevel that they had and just the rocker design. Um, but yeah, very, very fluid. Um, there's a little bit, and I think Matt had this experience with how sharp it is right there. For me, it didn't feel speed bumpy, but I, I could see that kind of potentially happening just because of how firm it kind of is right there. I feel like if I was any further back, I, I kind of caught it a little bit when I was running fast, I feel like. Um, when I'm running slow, I absolutely did not feel that at all, but I could feel it creeping up when I was picking up the pace in it. You're saying, when you were saying firm, just for those people who are listening, he's talking about there's, a, there's an extended heel in the back and he was just saying how, you know, it's a pretty aggressive bevel um, or just you, a very noticeable bevel that kind of sits just a little bit under the foot here. So he was just talking about that, that part of it. So Matt, why don't you, so you, David, you kind of say, just to summarize, it would be, you know, you thought it was very smooth. The rocker kind of flows you through your, your gait. You really like it for those longer kind of like more controlled, even daily mile pace, you know, not pushing it was fine and good and comfortable. But those long efforts uh, were best really pushing right. it, not so much your jam. Yeah. So like up tempo, something you can hold all day. Like yeah. lactate threshold runs and mm. like that. Oof. What do you think? I, I don't know if I agree with that one. I'm going to jump too fast. I'm going to jump in on that one and, and, and disagree where I, I agree with David in the fact that for steady efforts, this shoe is really good. I was able to use this for, Easy runs, and it was great, except warming up, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, easy ones, runs were great in the shoe, just like the original Carbon X. Doing a 20-mile steady state uh, around like 6.30, 6.40 for me was great. It felt awesome, uh, except again, warming up. Doing 400s or a really short fartlek actually felt pretty good, and I think it has to do with the fact that this has a really awesome and smooth up. Uh, mid and forefoot. So if you land here or toe off here really well, it feels great. Um, so I had doing 400s in this actually felt pretty good. I'm not in the greatest shape right now, but yeah, it felt great. Even with this much weight, I wouldn't race in it for that distance or 5k. Tempo runs were hard. It, it's just like, I could not maintain that effort. So lactate threshold, tempo efforts, mile repeat kind of stuff. I, this shoe could, for me, could not do it. This, it did much better, like either trying to sprint or trying to do like that steady longer effort, but not so much in that middle ground. The other area really struggled was when I was beat up and doing like a, a true recovery run at a slow pace was not, just didn't do well. And I think it's because I am a pretty significant heel striker. And when I hit back here, it feels like I'm, I'm hitting a speed bump. We'll get into some of the more of the science behind this kind of stuff, but just this was not as pleasant for me until I picked the pace up and started landing a little farther forward. Um, it's still a great shoe. It, it's been really so yeah, effective for what I've wanted to use it for, but yeah. I'm your experience was like mine in the, in the max road four and yeah. four plus. Ugh. Okay. Um, yeah. So you guys actually agree more than I thought you did. 
Yeah. Uh, it's not, yeah, but it except on the, me. except for Matt liking those kind of like those fart lick workouts. He's yeah. saying, I, I felt good doing fast paces for short amount, but yeah. doing a sustained fast pace wasn't so much, but right. David, you're kind of like, Hey, you know, a workout for, you know, a longer, you know, effort was okay. So yes that's and no. So I did a 10 K cut down where every mile was 10 seconds faster and for me, five, let's say 525, 530 in theory should be cruising. Um, and the shoe just, I had the hardest time getting it under 525. Hmm. Like it was I, starting 555. Oh, I feel great. 545. I feel great. 535. I feel great. 525. Okay, we did it. And now I have to go 515, 505. And I'm just like, I felt like I was trying to race to, to, try and push the shoe so i think like long tempos where it's very controlled the whole time i think um i think that's where it would shine but even yeah. like some workouts like faster workouts i don't think i would pull it out again right cool Nathan, what about you for, for me yeah i so this i think this has been um the experience in ahoka that i've kind of been hoping for, I guess, oh, like there, uh, and I don't throw too many tomatoes at me if I'm wrong at the, in this statement, but they're kind of one of the earlier implementers across the board of like a rocker soul. So they have the, you know, especially in the maximalist movement. So you like, they're you taking have, their max. You have to with the maximalist shoe because they were maximalist. Right. You can't right. Get away with an unrockered soul in this. So like they Yes. They, but that's just what they've done. Like mm -hmm. it's kind of their, their thing. So um, this was the first time I felt like I could really feel their rocker work. I think that some of the other shoes that I've tested, um, I didn't really notice it, you know, as much. And part of that I think is the reinforcement of the, the shape of it with the, the carbon plate, because it, it keeps the shape of that rocker versus the foams just deforming or, flexing a little bit or whatever. So I just, I just felt that from heel to toe, it just was doing what my body wanted to do. I didn't feel like it was pushing me anywhere and it was just really smooth and really fun. Um, like the foam is, is soft, but not, uh, I've had, I've had issues in summer shoes, like the triumph, uh, 18, which I really, I really loved that shoe, but I've had issues with how soft that was for my foot. This for me was not too soft, but still soft and kind of bouncy and just like rolled so smooth um, and really just enjoyable, but not too aggressive. Like for me, the, the um, uh, glide ride, well, Asics um, was just too aggressive on its rocker in the toe. Um, this, I could feel it, but it wasn't too much. It didn't feel like I was falling off the shoe. Um, so I just enjoyed it and I've, I took it out for a very controlled effort. I'm still recovering from, um, from COVID. And so that's all I can really do. Um, and I, so I took it out at my control, whatever's safe for me right now. And I loved it. I think I thought it was just a really, I, I was not doing any tempo <laughs> at all. I did 200 yards of picking up the pace and it made me very discouraged because my tempo pace was like slower than my previous half marathon pace. So that was sad. <laughs> What's that? I know. Be patient. What does all the evidence say on return to sport post COVID? 
I just wanted to see how the shoe would go yeah. just to see what it would feel like. And it was fine. Um, but I, like I said, for me at this, and for me, that was like a, I was going like eight forty-five, um, eight, eight fifteen to eight forty-five pace. And it was just wonderful. Just completely delightful. Uh, the one thing I will say about it. So the outsole, um, we didn't talk much about this. It's like a rubberized EVA and there's like a thick slab. This is all the rubberized EVA. Um, absolutely zero traction on even the lightest layer of snow. So like if you live in a place with some snow and you want a trainer or a performance trainer, you just wouldn't be able to use it. Honestly, I won't take it out if there's any snow because it just, I would not be able to, to do it. Um, wet, a lot of the other pavement I've been on has been wet and that's been completely fine um, at my controlled paces, but controlled paces on snow is like, okay, got to stop, turn, and then go. <laughs> it was pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the one, just feedback, not negative. It's the design of the shoe. It's not made for snow running. But um, yeah, just yeah. a road shoe for sure. I was actually um, surprised with the traction on the road, like even in wet conditions, like it mm -hmm. almost reminds me a little bit of a tire where you, because of how soft the actual rubberized EVA is, it will compress a little bit and almost grip a little. And um, yeah, I was actually really impressed with how much traction you got on the road, but I did take it in some trails um, <laughs> as I always do. Classic. <laughs> um, it did better than I thought it would, but I had a really, really low standard going into it, which isn't saying much, but it's, you don't get that same traction on the dirt. Like you can do it. It's just yeah. it's not designed for that. And no. <laughs> I think I still have some debris like shoved up inside of the midsole. Yep. Nice. That, yeah. Like kind of there. I've, I've grabbed one rock here so far. I know that so, was I will say the uh, the the silhouette of the sh of the outsole in the snow looks sweet because you have a, an awesome X oh, that comes cool. out. It looked really cool. Um, we didn't ever say the specs of this shoe. Does anybody have those on hand? And then I'm gonna throw out some some science based topics. I know it's 39 in the heel. Is it four or five millimeter drop? It's so it's 8.5 ounces. For men's size nine, it's a 39 millimeter, 34 millimeter stack height with a five millimeter drop and is classified as a ultra marathon racer. Great. Thank Perfect. you. So the things that I think we I want to, I'm going to highlight a couple things and then we can talk about them. One is that this shoe has a very pronounced bevel, um, just like a lot of, I mean, you look at the 4% um, or the next percent or the alpha fly they have a, a, a bevel that's pretty pronounced that all come out beyond the heel. Um, this has the dovetail kind of cut in the heel. The plate in this shoe uh, sits between the rubberized EVA and the full thickness of the midsole. So it doesn't split the midsole in half. All of the midsole material sits above the plate. So it's pretty close to the ground. Um, and then it's got some sidewalls uh, within the shoe, which basically mean that when you look at the outside of the shoe here, your foot actually sits down a lot lower. So there's a lot of white that sits up above where your calcaneus or your heel bone will hit the ground. So I think that's a good, uh, and then the design of the plate, Matt, we'll talk about that a bit, but so we have the design of the plate, the positioning of the plate, the heel and the sidewalls. Let's walk through those. Let's start with the, let's start with the plate. Um, now, why don't you give a layout of the plate design and shape 
So this, this was something I actually really liked about the original version. Uh, in the review we did on the website, I'll, I'll reference that a little bit, that there are, there's a large population this plate's going to work well for. There is a special population the plate may not work for, so you need to be aware of that. But the plate design, you know, the Nike, the Vaporfly and the Alphafly is one of the few shoes out there, to my knowledge at the moment, that has a fairly straight plate, right? Like where you've got the thinner line to the heel and midfoot, and then it opens up into this fairly wide um, forefoot plate. A lot of other companies aren't doing that. Everybody seems to have their own plate design. No, Saucony has that little more of that S design. Um, the the X-Step 160X that we had the opportunity to review has a very unique split one that comes in from more from the heel, very thin, comes into an X and then goes out each way. This is similar a little bit where it really splits and there's a longer edge that comes along the lateral aspect and a shorter one that comes along the medial one. So from what I, from the original view that I did on the Carbon X original, I talked about this and had some people from Hoka reach out and say, yes, that was the whole point is what they're trying to do with those shorter medial plays. They're trying to help you pivot off the first toe. Now for somebody who has normal mechanics and normal ability of the first toe, the hope there is to that that's where you should pivot off, right? Your plantar fascia and a lot of the ligaments in that area and a lot of the musculature are all based around being able to pivot off and power through that first MTP or metatarsophalangeal joint. Um, it's a great way to produce power. The design of the lateral aspect of the plate that kind of wraps around there is designed to crumble a little bit. So it's, it's, they're trying to get you to go over the first ray, but help you also resupinate, which is a normal part of gait as you toe off. So you are supposed to, when you land, pronate, shock absorb, and then resupinate. And as you come off and the design is such that it's supposed to facilitate that. Now that's going to work really well for a lot of people. For those of you, and I had a great conversation with Derek Lee um, from Roadshow Run about this, that for those people who don't have very good first toe mobility, which again, should at least be about 60 degrees ish, maybe more for running. So at least 60 for walking. For those who don't have that, generally we suggest Hoka's because of the toe spring. However, the design of plate may actually pivot you more out of that joint. So you, this shoe may or may not work for that special population. For most people, yes, but the design of, but the design of the plate is really to help you get off that first toe and use it. So it's an interesting design. I'm glad that they are talking about this going, how can we facilitate gate mechanics? You just have to realize that people are different. So this is gonna work super well for, so for some, not as, as other people might need to be a teeny bit cautious with this. And also you should be working on your first toe ability anyway. And I think from that standpoint, for me, yeah. you know, they're using, correct me if I'm wrong, there's somewhat of a pattern of like the path of least resistance. If you yes. don't have to go over a plate, you'll go yeah. there. Yes. And um, that's the key what, with the design. What felt yeah. so good, I think what that's what made it feel so good. It felt natural. Like that's where my body wanted to go and it just facilitated yeah. that. So yeah. from a feel standpoint, I think that's part of why it just felt good to right. run in it. Um, this has one of the what? most on that app. It feels like this has one of the most non-posted, but most stable, stable designs that I have experienced in shoes. And I, I've really enjoyed the front half of this shoe. It's been great. Sorry, Nathan, go for it. I mean, you're this up one for, for me, this one in the uh, speed elite from Skechers have been yeah. the most stable forefoots for me yeah. from carbon plated shoes. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we should talk about, and David, maybe if you want to talk about it in terms of what you think and the feel is how low this plate is positioned, that it's not up and splitting the, uh, splitting the midsole at all, which is different than the original. Um, the or Can we call this a bottom level plate? And it's like, it seems similar to what ASICS is doing with the Meta Racer. 
But yeah, sure. We can call it that. Bottom loaded plate. Yeah. What did what did you what did you what would you say about that in terms of how you think it affected the ride um, having a plate that's so low and not embedded within the midsole? And you can. I see- think it was good um, because they're using a compressed molded EVA. The foam is a little bit firmer than some of those softer PBAX foams out there. Um, there is a lot of stack height on the shoe, and it's very protective. Don't get me wrong. I could go around 50k in this right now, I think, and be fine. Um, but having the plate lower, I think, keeps some of the responsiveness of the plate. It has a closer ground contact, but it also has it gives your body more protection against the plate as well. And I felt that, and I wrote this in the review as well in the written. But um, with the plate mechanics and how your foot travels through the great toe and across that first ray, um, it feels a lot more subtle, which I think is a good thing. It doesn't just shove you right into it and then resupinate you. And then like that would feel awkward if it did it for you. So I think it makes it much more of a facilitation um, where it just kind of very, very gently guides you. And I can feel it, but it's not enough for me to really call it out. And it makes it feel very natural. So I think they did a really good job with the plate design and the midsole with that. Um, yeah, I, I agree completely as far as the, the plate structure and the path of least resistance. And I, I could feel that when I was running. So Nathan, yeah. I'm curious to hear what you think. And I have a follow-up comment based on some of the evidence, the, well, evidence of lack thereof on sure. position. But I'm curious, what did, how did you feel about having a plate so low? Yeah, I, it was a I, it was a unique plate experience to be honest. I felt like it was less um, the plate was less notable noticeable, and the way that I felt like I thought about it on the run was that it the plate just felt like an extension of the ground because it was so close that it it wasn't. I got to, I got the full quote unquote. I'm going to say the word benefit, uh, but don't take that too far. <laughs> but I got the full benefit of of the midsole, like it wasn't cut off by the plate. All of it was there. Like you said, DJ, kind of like it just felt more, you got the, all that full protection from it. Um, so I just felt like it was an extension to the ground and just gave the ground some shape almost. Um, that's an interesting and, and that's, that's the way that I, I thought about it when I was running. And it just, I think that's why it felt so natural too, because it wasn't this thing that was, pl- I didn't have to play with the foam under my foot and then also the foam under the plate. It was basically just the the midsole, so it's going to feel like your Hoka shoe that you have, mm-hmm. just with more rigidity from front to back, in a in a specified way based on the plate design. So that's that's kind of what I, what I was thinking about it. So what do you guys think? So there's evidence out there right now that's that's demonstrated that as you stiffen a plate up, it tends to shift the ground reaction forces more forwards which is one of the reasons why, you know, we McClode at all was able to demonstrate that, yes, you know, there's, there's optimal plate stiffness for each person. We're all unique based on our foot mechanics. So the stiffer things are, the more forward forces tend to go, which is why if you have a plate that's too stiff, you can actually put a lot of load through the front of the toes. Now, to my knowledge, somebody correct me if I'm wrong and there's something out there, I'm not aware of any evidence to suggest that how that changes or how things change depending on the height of the plate. And that's what I'm thinking about going, I wonder what that would change. I don't know. I haven't thought yeah. about it. Enough, but there's no evidence to my knowledge. Please correct me if I'm wrong about height right. of the plate, but it's just an interesting thing. Cause I know people, different companies, they, the plates have different shapes. Um, the they're, they're using different heights of the midsole. I know we've had a couple that just put it like literally under the foot. Um, 
So it's interesting to wonder like what what is that change what changes as you drop that lower? What's the reasoning? But it's interesting, Nathan, your comment felt like it was like an ex- almost like gave the ground a little bit more shape, which is interesting. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. And let's uh let's shift. I, I I guess I don't know, just to answer that question, I don't have anything that would confirm or deny that in terms of stuff I've heard about changing plate. You kind of asked if we did, I don't. DJ, I don't know if you've seen anything. Um, uh, I think of the on-cloud boom, and I think of the CarbonX2, and it's really interesting that you bring that up about the firmness of the plate and how it shifts loads anterior. I don't have anything to confirm or deny as well, but I do notice that it firms up the forefoot a little bit. Like I noticed that in the cloud boom where I had a pretty dang hard forefoot and on the track, it felt really nice on the dirt. It felt really nice, but on the road, it felt like it could be a little too aggressive for some. Um, and that one sat a little bit lower than some of the other shoes, I believe that, that we've run in. Um, but I, I, I don't have anything to confirm or deny it. That's just something that I can chew on mentally for a little bit and get back to off camera probably. But <laughs> it may also be a feel thing where like, because the place closer, the shoe might feel firmer. That depends on the person, but anyway, all right, before we spend yeah. too much time on that. Let's talk, um, heel, everything. So uh, extension beyond the shoe combined with bevel combined with split heel. So Matt, why don't you just give your thoughts um, before you give your, your experience, talk about the, your, th- you know, the more biomechanical stuff behind it and then give your experience, okay. which you already talked about. So the, the, the split heel design i don't think there's nathan do you know if there's any evidence behind that it's like a lot of footwork stuff there's not Socrates was the one who kind of opened our eyes by going the whole point that they designed a split heel design was almost to add a stability measure where it's almost like a uh david help me out what what is that called a um i think i've heard heard it referred to as a dovetail before i don't know A decoupled heel is the is decoupled heel. Decoupled. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so where, like you have the two separate split. If you land out here, it can like move separately. So it's supposed to provide a little bit more stability theoretically as you move in. Um, whether that's true or not, I I don't know. Um, it's interesting. I think Nathan and I and David have talked about the fact with you know I. Let me not give my personal experience. So a post, even with a bevel, a posterior heel flare does, for those who are heel strikers, cause an early initial contact. The body, the heel is curved in the human body, right? That's what the heel rocker is. So as you land, the rockered heel is meant to help maintain forward momentum and help roll you forward. It's one of the things that makes us efficient. Now, if that's placed too far backwards, you're going to hit the ground early and you have to like control more of the force going forward. So... Although this is, this has a heel bevel, there is a significant amount of posterior flare. And the, the, the bevel is pretty, is pretty aggressive here. There's a solid bump right here. Um, which shifting into my, my personal experience has been that this cause, even with the bevel, and this is similar to a lot of Hoka designs, it's better than some of the other ones I, I've tested recently, but I definitely was getting an early initial contact when I'm too far back here. Um, and it was it it smoothed out when I picked up the pace, but 
I'm just personally not a fan of these posterior heel flares and would love to see this moved just a little bit forward, but that's me. So Nathan, Nathan, David, and I talked about the fact trying to understand why more and more companies were starting to do this. Our current hypothesis is that by extending this out and beveling it. So it's nice that they have it beveled. If they didn't, you'd be screwed. But with the bevel, it is theoretically, theoretically is increasing ground contact time. So you're, if you hit back here, you're going to spend more time on the ground, which the, our concept right now is that with more time on the ground, impact, impact load is going to be spread out more with increased contact. So I, I can see theoretically why that might happen, but we have zero evidence to suggest whether or not that's a thing. Uh, I'm sure the companies know this, but they're probably never going to share that data. So yeah. that's how I think, research goes. I, I think. It, oh, I was just going to say I had the opposite experience though with this specific extended heel flare because with the Clifton Edge, yes, I felt like I landed early. I felt like it was clunky at times. I, I was not a huge fan of the Clifton Edge. But with this one, I feel like it's a relatively natural progression. The only time that it gave me a hard time was when I tried to pick up the pace. And I think maybe if there is some, uh, some weight to this ground contact time, that might be why. If you're trying to go fast, you're trying to be in a flight phase for as much as you can. So um, that might maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But um, for me, I actually thought the rocker on this was pretty dang solid. Um, yeah. And then following just path of least resistance, having that decoupling there and then following it through and then having that natural trajectory there to just keep you going linear. I thought they did a good job with that. Nathan, what did yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I actually, I side with, in terms of feel, like I side with David on this one yeah. and I, and I've talked about this before, but I think it's because the, the apex for me, you know, it's still below the calcaneus. So like the, the lowest part of that bevel sits in front of the heel and not behind it. And I feel like when it's behind, I personally have more of an issue. And that would make in terms of ground contact force and reaction forces would create even a bigger change in the, um, the moments around the ankle. But um, I think too, on the, on the decoupling side of things, the way that I've thought about it is um, I had a lot of experience with this in the glide ride too. Um, because they have their midsole has kind of like a V cut out on the lateral side. So it like goes in and then comes back out. But if this is decoupled the heel, if you're landing on the lateral side, it, it's allowed to compress and, and uh, the foam is allowed to just do its thing without having any resistance to have to also compress on the other side. So if it's separate, it can act on its own and almost just be a little bit softer and maybe allow you to, kind of let the foam do what it wants, but without the other side having to react and do the same thing. So I think that's part of it where you can just have a, um, it can work for you or against you depending on how it's designed. I think this is designed well, but the, uh, like for the glide ride, that's what made it so unstable for me. If I was going slower, felt like I would just collapse into the kind of how they had their midsole shaped. Um, but I thought that this, this was good. And yeah, the, uh, and we met there, David, you kind of talked about how the sidewalls on this gave you some stability in the heel and just a very stable ride. Sometimes I have issues, like I said, with softer, you know, more um, high stack shoes. So far, so good for me in terms of stability and my foot in particular. 
I'd like to sec. I'd like to second that, especially is this as, as supposedly neutral truth. There's no posting. There's no nothing like that. I took this through 20 miles without issue and didn't have a problem in terms of stability needs. And I'm I'm the stability guy at the group, so I normally need a little bit. Uh, my feet are a little beat up from a 21 mile trail race, uh, or not trail race, trail run, uh, in a very neutral pair of shoes. And I'm a soft neutral pair of shoes. Very soft. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, I, 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 that, that was a question. What, that was a questionable decision on your part. It was definitely a questionable. <laughs> like I gotta get miles on these shoes. Uh, it was not these. I'm not gonna take these on trail. But definitely for those people who have, I'm not gonna talk about pronation. I'm talking about those who need mild to mo- have mild to moderate stability needs, either direction, right? So this shoe is is again, you have sidewalls on both sides, you have dovetails design on both sides. It's pretty stable both directions. You got flare going both directions. Those who have mild to moderate stability needs are gonna do are probably gonna do very well in this shoe. You can probably use it as a half to full marathon racer if you are if you need more cushion. But those people looking for a stable carbon shoe, this is a great option for those of you who want a little bit more stack height. Um, That's on- one last thing I wanted to say as kind of the more you know recreational runner mm-hmm. of us three in terms of especially in terms of pacing. Like this shoe for me would have no problem doing half marathon, not yeah. at all. I I'd rather run something a ten k and something else, but for me like my fastest marathon is like a 129, Half. which I couldn't do now. Um, but like that, that, uh, this would have been great for that. And this will be, this would be great for slower than that. You know? So like, if I were to go run a half marathon now, I would love to take this thing and do it yep. for sure. In my recovery from like kind of getting back into it. Like this might be what I choose. Um, I'm hoping to run one in, in May. That's my next goal to get back to that. If my body allows me. But that, that's what I would say. I totally agree on that. When when we talk about or when companies talk about, oh, this is designed as an, as a you know a hundred k like or a hundred mile re- or like world record shoe, you have to realize that again, it just it depends on the person. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people who you know something those f- super minimal five k shoes is though you have to usually be pretty experienced and have pretty good mechanics and be very used to those be able to, to race in those kind of shoes, right? It's not for everyone, right? So what, David, can you hold that one back up again? So one like that, right? So the, can you show them how much flexibility the forefoot has? It's the Ray Heat. Can yeah, you- so the Ray Heat is a yeah. great shoe. I love it. It is stable, but it is very close to the ground and very flexible. A lot of people, like for your recreational runner, that's going to be like a mile or track shoe at most, or it's going to be your right. walking around shoe. It's pretty thin. There is still some cushion there, but it's pretty aggressive, right? It's very close to the ground. Not a lot of people are going to be able to use that shoe. The more experienced or some, maybe sometimes faster individuals, that's not always true, but people who are, have more experience with minimalist and barefoot stuff and training in that are going to be able to handle that maybe for longer distances, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that shoe's designation is everybody. Just like for a lot of people that that are used to a little bit more cushion. So say your person is running in a Bondi or an Asics Nimbus or a Kiano, who that's their shoe that they do everything in. And like, hey, I want to try something a little faster. This is a very safe option to transition into because there's still a lot of stack height. It's still protective. It's gonna. It's lighter. It's eight and a half ounces. It's gonna be faster, but. The biggest thing when it comes to shoes is the more, the bigger the change that you make 
And the fast you do it, the increased risk for injury, any big fast change quickly is at risk for injury, where something like this is going to be much safer for the masses or a large population that expects a little bit more cushion in the racing shoes. So totally agree with Nathan that this would be a great half marathon racer for a lot of people. Um, definitely marathon for that same population probably as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, um, what these shoes are designed for. And then I think about the athletes of who's running it and what paces are they running it at? And so like, I think of like the alpha fly, you look at Elliot Kipchoge, he's running for 34, right. For marathon. So this shoe is at least designed to go for 34 at the very least. And so when I look at the Carbon X2, the world record pace they're going for is 5.58 per mile, which is like that high five, low six kind of zone. And I think most people who might fall into that zone or, or slower, I mean, it's an ultra marathon shoe, you know, it's, it's all relative here. But um, I think that also just goes to show that they're, they're fine tuning this thing to go probably 5.40s or 5.50s, that they're not right. trying to go smash five low in this shoe yeah so it's a good point i was just gonna say we have two more segments on this one i do want to hear y'all's um just give your mileage both of you guys and, and your durability update to the outside and then um matt has our if this shoe were a blank what would it be and why david and i have not heard it so hopefully we can come up with an answer, but why don't you guys do your durability, durability update? David, do you want to go first? Sure. I mean, I think it's great. Like I have 50 miles on it. I mean, of course you're going to get some abrasion. It's a rubberized DVA. It's not like it's a blown rubber or carbon rubber outsole, but there's so much to burn. And I mean, this is where I land the hardest right there, apparently um, kind of along that lateral aspect. And so when I look at that over 50 miles and it's just, just a little bit of abrasion, nothing really too bad. Can and you then, still see, can you still see there's like little dots and stuff? Can you still see the dots through your abrasion or is the, are those gone? I can still see the ridge line, not the dots. So you can still see the ridge here, line. Right yep. there. You can see the ridge line. Cool. Yeah. But the dots are gone. I, I took both of those out. Did, <laughs> did, did track, well, Matt, you give yours, and then I was going to ask, did traction change with the, the abrasion? So for me, I have a similar number of miles to David, and these guys made fun of me because I sent a photo after the first 20 mile going, oh my gosh, I'm like rubbing through the sole, surprise. I'm like, that's not much that much wear. And, you know, I have, I have certainly worn through the edges and the dots here. But again, as mentioned, there's so much of that outsole that it should last, and there's so much midsole too, this should last a long time. I, I love the car, the original Carbon X. My one major gripe with it that I ripped through that outsole. I got, as I said in the review, got maybe 160 miles out of it before I had to get rid of it because it was so worn. It was so worn down. It created an artificial wedge, which yeah. for me, I don't do very well in those and started getting all kinds of symptoms up higher. And just I said, I can't wear this anymore. This one, I fully expect this to be far more durable, both because there's a lot more midsole and there's actually a, a, an outsole this time. So it is still yeah. you know, EVA, but it's doing fairly well. Even if it doesn't, you know, can look a little aggressive when you take a really close up uh, shot and you send it to your, your uh, buddies, <laughs> but 
it's doing pretty well overall. I mean, play is And then this is also relative too, to just the wear patterns of different people. So put yours up, Matt. We always say that he is the destroyer. Look at mine. Look at it. <laughs> That's just crazy. We ran the same <laughs> amount of miles. Yeah. So, and yeah, I would expect the traction not to change much just because there's, this is going to maybe sound bad. I don't mean this bad but this doesn't have really any natural traction of its own besides what you talked about with like the softness of it, gripping the road, kind of like maybe kind of like the audios pro um, in some ways, but like uh, different, they're different, but that idea where because just, I say that because I took when taking this on snow, it doesn't do anything for you period. Whereas when I take other shoes that have rubber built into them or some kind of thing that's meant for traction, um, like those have traction on snow. Like you don't need a trail shoe for snow. This just has zero. So I would almost expect it not really to change traction wise. Is that true? I would, I would be on board with you that I'm not going to expect that much of a change in traction. Cause I also know that I'm going to chew through this area and I've still got traction through this spark. Yeah. I don't wear that as much, but cool. David, what do you think? Yeah, no change on my end. I don't think it's going to change. Awesome. All right, Matt. Bring us, bring us there. What's uh, if the shoe were a blank? If this shoe was a snack, what would it be? Oh, a snack. If you have an answer, you you can go because obviously we got to think. Unless David didn't want to pop into your head. Yes, I'm gonna go with a brookie. What's a brookie? What's a brookie? It's a brownie and a cookie put together. Oh, it's a dessert though, right? A snack. Come on. You can snack on a brookie. I, I agree. They usually, they usually cut it in little things. Go to your local Trader I mean, Joe's. They got them. I mean, to be fair, my, my poor family and my fiance is well aware that I do snack on that stuff. Like my, my mother will make this giant pan of brownies and all of a sudden like chunks will be missing out of it because somebody's come in and picked the chocolate chunks out. So yeah, it's snacking. Yeah. Like my, my, my main reasoning for that, I mean, is it's, it's chunky. You know, you're going to have a brownie and a, a layer of brownie, a layer of cookie, but it actually, they usually go down fairly light for the most part. Cause I mean, there's not a whole lot to the brownie and then you just have that base layer of the cookie, but they are, they're, they're dense. You know, you can't have a whole bunch of them, but they go down pretty light. So I'm going to go with the brookie. Brookie. Nathan, what do I've you got, think? I've got my answer too. Right. Um, I'm going to go with one of those like classic raspberry um, Nutri-Grain granola bars. Oh. Um, and do you guys know which ones I'm talking about? They're kind of like breaded. Yeah. They're soft. They got the like juice. They got the kind of like squishy juice and not juice. Um, jelly. Yeah, like the, yeah. 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 Just the most classic granola bar you can think of. Yeah. And I just, I'd say that kind of, cause it, they have, they're not like, they're not crumbly. They're not crunchy. There's, they're soft and they, they're, they've, it's just what you know, right? And that's how I felt running in this shoe. It's like, this is how I'm supposed to run. Just felt good. Just felt really good running in it. So that, that's like the granola bar that you know growing up. Like, this is, this is a granola bar. You just brought that's back what I, like, an intense amount of nostalgia, just FYI. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go off from sweet snacks and go that this, I would pick beef jerky with this one, right? I do like it. Or turkey jerky, sorry. I like turkey jerky. <laughs> As I learned during the trail run today, I can actually eat turkey jerky while doing like trail runs. Um, when I tried to pick up the pace, it made my stomach hurt, but I could eat that 
on oh my this long trail run. Um, it's got some nice salt to it. It's got, it's like chewy. It's got a lot of protein. So it's, you know, it's a big boy here. Um, it's got a plane. It's got a kick. Just when you try to pick the pace up too much, it just makes my stomach hurt a little bit. And that's how I felt kind of with this shoe is it's great for steady stuff, but trying to do that temple run, like don't do that. That's you know awesome. That? Yeah. We, that's awesome. uh, we, I'm, I'm pretty confident now that we do these and then all of a sudden, like some people who watch and then especially Bach will comment below with their answer. And I'm like, wow, that's way better than any of us. So I'm sure somebody yeah, will come up with a better answer than us. Also for the fans, if you have heard of a brookie comment, yes or no. Cause apparently I'm in the minority here with brookies. I, mean, I get, I get I've even heard of it. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. I get it, but I didn't know. I know what <laughs> I they are now that you said it, but yeah. I just never heard that name. You're saying like a pan of, like a brownie cookie, right? Like it's like, right. Yeah. It's like, a, it's usually a brownie on the bottom and then it's got like a thin, softly baked yeah. cookie kind of over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It makes sense. In like yeah. a nine by 13 pan or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like if someone makes it, I mean, you can buy them at the store too. Oh, I think Trader Joe's has some, right? Yeah. Said that. All right. Well, great. Uh, thank you guys for listening to our conversation on the Hoka One One uh, Carbon X2. Uh, this was a fun discussion. This is one of those shoes that brought a lot of stuff that we talk about um, in the world of science, which is really fun. Um, let us know what your thoughts are by commenting below. Again, if you're listening on podcast, please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Your reviews help get the word out about our podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe. Um, and then always uh, be willing, uh, feel free to check out our website, doctorsofrunning.com. And we give updates on all of our testing through our media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and if you want to see box face on the podcast or on the YouTube you should just give a little shout out below. If we bar barrage him enough, he might come on. We're thinking he would be a great person to like ask us questions um, from not our perspective. So if things need clarification and whatever. Um, so we have genuine reasons why we want to bring him on. And uh, since he has some power, he might cut this out. <laughs> uh, but if you think it'd be a good idea. Also because it. we want some legitimate answers to our, if the shoe was a blank, because like every time we do comments down below, it's always. Oh, he's so yeah, good. Nathan, does say, Nathan and I are talking like every single time. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? That was so much. Yeah. My it's the worst. All right. Uh, everybody have a great night. Hey, go pack. Go. They won, won yesterday. They looked really good. Oh, who's winning right now. I don't know. I, it was I think the Saints, when the Saints I, were up 2013. The Saints were up 2013. Okay. All right, but this timestamps that this is uh, Sunday night, That's so it. you can you know when we're listening. We'll like, talk to you guys later. Bye. Below. Thank you.